Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Monday, January 17th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That's the very familiar sound of the church bells at Grace Cathedral in San Francisco's Knob Hill neighborhood. The majestic, iconic landmark on California Street, situated between Taylor and Jones. And I didn't have to venture far to record the bells, which toll every hour. Actually, I just opened a window. I live right across the street from Grace Cathedral. In the summer of 2020, with everything shut down because of COVID, the grand staircase in front of Grace Cathedral became kind of like a neighborhood gym. It was a way to get some exercise and some fresh air. One day I noticed a new banner hanging out by the staircase in front of the church. This was during the aftermath of George Floyd's murder and the awakened social justice gatherings going on around the city and the country. Above the words, Black Lives Matter, the sign bore a well-known quote and a notation, Dr. Martin Luther King, March 28th, 1965, at Grace Cathedral. And that quote? Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I was moved, blown away really, that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had spoken at this majestic building right outside my front door. So this year on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I connected with someone who was there at Grace Cathedral on March 28, 1965. My name is Michael Lampin. I'm the cathedral archivist at Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. It's the Episcopal Cathedral for the Bay Area. And I've been here since 19, officially since 1982, but I started as a chorister in 1956. So <laughs> I've seen a lot of change and uh, a lot of progress at the cathedral. And a lot of history. And a whole lot of history, and I'm hopefully going to get that down on... Uh, in you know, in physical word form, um, over the next next few years, I'm working on it right now. Michael graciously spoke with me in his office inside Grace Cathedral. He calls it the crypt. It's a masterwork of utilizing space. Shelves, cabinets, tables, all stacked full of books, documents, blueprints, photographs, audio recordings, you name it. It was the perfect setting for this conversation. Take me back to March twenty eighth, nineteen sixty five. That's a historic day for Grace Cathedral. Dr. Martin Luther King delivered a lengthy sermon right here. Tell me how that all came about. Bishop Pike and, and, uh, and Martin Luther King were friends going way back when, 
when uh, Pike was the um, dean of St. John of the Divine Cathedral in New York. And um, they corresponded a lot. They probably met a lot and uh, exchanged views and so forth. Uh, Bishop Pike was uh, became quite a radical in his Bishop views. Pike was the Archbishop of the of the of the Diocese of California, which is the Bay Area, in sure. 1958. Okay. Before that, he was Dean at uh, St. John of the Divine, New York. Man, wow! But um, we after the the cathedral was, was consecrated, uh, essentially finished in 1964, and they wanted to have some th- ongoing theme, which they called Festivals of Grace into the, the following years to, to keep the cathedral in the public eye, I suppose, mainly. And so they wanted a series of important visitors, and um, among them, of course, was Duke Ellington. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, of course, Martin Luther King was, was the main prize. And mm-hmm. uh, so Bishop Pike wrote to him, and he agreed to come. So that's how we got him. <laughs> and so at that time, 1965, that that entire period of the the '60s, especially the second half of the '60s, was just such a transformative time in our nation's history. Very true. So, yeah. so much of what Dr. King had to say in that in that sermon here at Grace Cathedral was very much the the pulse of what was going on of in the, the country. Moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were here. Uh, I want to start as a as a little baby chorister in huh? 1956, age nine, but. By the time uh, Martin Luther King arrived, I was 18, and I was uh, an alto in the back rows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, I was, you know, I was about 40 feet behind him in the in the stall, cause the choir stalls, listening to him. He had a wonder, as you've heard him, he has a wonder, had a wonderful, deep, rich voice and a very commanding presence. Uh, but there was a lot of worry about his security, so there was a man behind. There was a, a Secret Service person behind him in the pulpit, one below the pulpit. And probably a few, a few others scattered through the building, but um, the cathedral was, was full. I've never seen it as full as that. It, the only, only other time it was that full was after the 9/11 right. uh, events. A friend and I managed to sneak out before the service started, and we wandered out into, into the parking lot, which is now the courtyard, full of people, and into the, the cathedral offices in front of the cathedrals, absolutely full of people. And they had. Um, sort of a primitive sound system so people could hear what the sermon was and so forth. And so we we scurried back in. We almost didn't get back in, but we managed to get back in and get into the choir and uh, and participate. What do you remember about the parts of the speech that maybe stand out to you? And again, knowing you you were busy, you were uh, trying to keep track of your program and everything like that, but... He quoted this poem by uh, Douglas Mollock, or Malick, rather, uh, the, essence, the essence of it was, if you can't be a tree, be a bush. Hmm. Be, be, be the best of whatever you can be. He must come to see that whatever he is called to do has significance if it is for the making of a better world. So if you can't be a pine on the top of the hill, be a scrub in the valley, But be the best little scrub on the side of the reel. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. For it isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. Uh, That was was part of the central theme of his sermon. 
<clears throat> everybody can, can can aspire, but you can you can do you can do something about it, and you can be as best as you can be in the right way. Right. Um, I could read you a little bit about um, Dean Bartlett's experience of his, his being here. I'd love to hear it. Interested. And this is from an oral history that you conducted with that's right. Dean Bartlett. Is that that's right? That's right. Uh, Bishop Pike, being an old friend of Martin Luther King, wrote him and asked him if he would come here to preach. He accepted the invitation, and the time of his visit was set for March 28th, which was a Sunday during Lent of that year. He arrived here, was shrouded in all kinds of structure on the part of the San Francisco police force, who were uh, responsible for his security. He bought a number of members of his staff, no personal bodyguard. Let's move down here a little bit. We had been in close contact with the police force, the chief of police, and his principal lieutenants as to what we should do here. They felt there should be uniformed men around in case anything should happen. And they, uh, and they say, well, who the dickens are you to be ordering me around? I want to go that way. <laughs> but they did have plainclothesmen here to augment the total number of whom was, one of whom was right in front of Dr. King yeah. and me. Um, but let me read you the part, of, oh, this, this is quite interesting. We followed our Lenten tradition, then of a litany sung in procession, winding through all the aisles of the cathedral, up the, and then up the center aisle, uh, down the south aisle, back up the center, into the choir. And all that exposure to a crowd pressing in, mm -hmm. who had to separate to let the procession through. The crowd was so enormous that the fire marshal and his henchmen, who were here on duty early, closed the doors of the cathedral, I think, before 10.30. About 20 minutes after that, they closed, the they closed the doors and said, you cannot have any more people in the cathedral. They were jammed out on the plaza, uh, which is in front of the cathedral, and down the sidewalk uh, right into, into California Street, basically. Well, the choir and the procession and the clergy had to pick their way through this crowd inside, singing the litany. And here King and I were bringing up the rear, and I confess that how, easily, how easy it would have been for somebody to jump out of that crowd and plunge a knife into King and Bartlett. And I had anxieties going around that position so close to so many people, but nothing unhappy happened. We got into the great choir and got time for the sermon. And King was escorted to the pulpit. The police force insisted on having a plainclothesman down on the pavement in front of the pulpit where he could survey at close range anybody uh, within close distance of King. Another one behind him. And King preached a marvelous sermon. He was a great orator. In the middle of the sermon, I happened to look up out of just sort of ecstasy, just looking up and thinking how marvelous this whole thing was, and what should I see on the catwalk on the top of the cathedral but a body moving around up there. My heart went into my throat, and I said, my God, somebody's up, been up there with a pistol. So I called Charles Agnew the verger over, and I said, get up to the catwalk fast and see who that is moving up there. He came back down in a few minutes and said, Dean, it was a young man from the seminary in Berkeley taking sh taking uh, photos, and I told him he'd better get off the catwalk in a hurry before the cops got him instead of something else. So that was an anxious moment. Uh, it came time for the offering to be taken. Of course, our ushers were augmented by many extra volunteers from this enormous crowd. I'm estimating conservatively that there had to be between 3,500 and 4,000 people in the cathedral. That's about twice the normal capacity that's supposed to be <laughs> in wow. the building. Um, Outside, this mob of people behaved very well, incidentally, but still. The ushers were taking up the offering inside and the crowd from the crowd outside. 
Incidentally, we had speakers rigged so the outside could hear what was going on, and they heard that the offering was being taken and began to shout, where are the offering takers for out here? Send us the offering takers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had taken, the, the police department had taken a whole floor at the Hilton Hotel for King and about three or four of his staff people who were there with him, but they had all of the stairways manned on a 24-hour basis. The elevators were not permitted to stop unless they had an authorized person on the car calling for the stop. There then only these getting off. The police did a marvelous job of security for him, and unfortunately a tragedy did not happen here, such as happened at Memphis later. Well, that was an exciting day for Grace Cathedral and the whole city. Certainly was. <laughs> Incredible. So in terms of what where this registers and the the great history of yeah. this church and this site, having Dr. King speak here in March of 1965, where would you unofficially rank that? I'd rank that way up near the top somewhere. It's it's sort of a wakening up of, of Grace Cathedral's social conscience. And with with this event, this Bishop this Bishop Pike and, and um, uh, Martin Luther King event. We began to pivot from more of a parish church, perhaps more um, more ordered, more structured, to something much more personally involving. I would say, perhaps. So it sounds like Dr. King being here, March 1965, was a transformative moment for Grace Cathedral, yeah. the, the church, in terms of its pivot. The word you've used a couple of times now mm -hmm. towards. More inclusion mm -hmm. and reflecting the values of the community. Right. Well, I think the whole, the whole country was changing. Uh, oh, absolutely. So we You're were right. changing with it. How much of the initiatives that the, the church undertakes today, that the cathedral undertakes today, can be kind of directly related back to that event in 1965 with Dr. King being here? It's interesting. A, a couple of months ago, during this lockdown period, the cathedral staff had a... Um, um, structural racism training series, um, which was very helpful for us. I, I learned quite a few things about racism and personal personal uh, uh, things that uh, sort of took for granted mm -hmm. that are actually racist, yeah, like the conscious and unconscious biases and things exactly, like that. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So, I think. Um, a lot of this goes, all of this goes back to King, really, I would say. Michael, this was a fascinating conversation and, and trip down memory lane and just the opportunity to reflect a little bit on, on history, our shared history as a country, as a people, but especially in this neighborhood and in this city, in this region, in, this, in San Francisco and the Bay Area. So thank you for your time. Thank and your you. Insights. I thank appreciate you very much. it. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you again to Michael Lampin, the archivist at Grace Cathedral. To watch Dr. King's entire speech from March 28, 1965 at Grace Cathedral, I've put a link to their YouTube page in the show notes of this podcast. There's also a link to the KCBS Radio YouTube page where you can find every episode of Bay Current. And we invite you to subscribe to the Bay Current podcast. We have new episodes every day and we'd love to be part of your routine. Subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or just about anywhere you listen. And thank you for listening. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.